At exactly nine o'clock, the hour when the dogs usually came in for the night, he heard whimpering. Puzzled, he looked toward the graves. There among the trees, he saw four pairs of yellow eyes. Suddenly, the creatures rushed at him. The howling and snarling were horrible. He rushed back inside and shut the door. In a flash, the house seemed surrounded. They clawed and scratched, throwing themselves against the doors and windows. The noise was terrifying. Finally, the dogs retreated to the hilltop. There, over the graves of their dead masters, they howled mournfully until dawn. regular Drews. Happy Halloween. Welcome to our Halloween mini-sode. It's so good to get to talk to you today. Yeah. We wouldn't normally release an episode on Sunday, but how could we not do something special for Halloween? Yeah, it's just, just to mark the occasion, you know. It's Nancy Drew, and Nancy Drew and Halloween kind of go hand in hand. you got to have a spooky mystery to go along with your spooky holiday. And boy, do we have a spooky one today. Oh, <laughs> super spooky. Now, if you've picked up on any of our our clues throughout the past month, you may have just had a slight guess as to what we might be covering today. (laughs) Um, And that is Ghost Talks of Whispering Oaks. This is a short story within the Nancy Drew Ghost Stories, which was published, I want to say, in 1983. Um, And it's actually a collection of six short stories. And we're going to read, I think it's the second one in that. Yes, yes. And it is, uh, of course, what Ghost Dogs Moon Lake is partially based off of. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have to say that I absolutely did replay Ghost Dogs of Moon Lake. Oh, good. Me too. Because, <laughs> um, of course, I had to. I just had to. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited to talk about this today with you. Me too. First impression? Oh, I loved it. The yeah. vibes, immaculate. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it was very spooky. I did love the spooky vibes of it. I I thought it was really cute. I thought it was cute. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go so far as to say it was amazing. Yeah. But it was a cute little short story and I appreciated mm-hmm. it for what it was. Yes. Yeah. I was a little nervous that because it's a short story, it's only like 30 pages, that we wouldn't really get all the elements of the mystery that we're used oh. to getting. Like, <laughs> No, we sure did, didn't we? <laughs> we did, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It turned out really good for, for what I was expecting. Yeah, no, it was so funny. I was reading it, and I was like, man, they really could just condense all of the other Nancy Drew books <laughs> that we have read into like these 30-page short stories, and we really wouldn't lose anything. Right. We wouldn't lose anything. Maybe a couple suspects would have to be cut, but right. otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is really like the the beauty of this short story is that it was quite snappy. Like mm-hmm. we really kept moving. Yeah. And I was uh yeah, I was really impressed. I was really impressed with that. Lots of good imagery as well. We get, you know, the rustling winds in the trees, we get the gloomy fog, we get the cold, brisk morning. Yeah. Lots Ooh. of excellent imagery throughout these these thirty pages that they managed to squeeze in there. For sure. For sure. Okay, so three words. Ghost dogs. Obviously. Obviously. Ghost dogs, um, I think probably like 
slumber party. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and creepy guys, creepy men. It's always creepy men. It's always, yeah. <laughs> it really is always creepy men, but you know, what can you do? No way to escape them. <laughs> in in fiction or books. in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right there with you. Yep, yep. Do a summary? Sure. Oh, let's talk about the covers first. So, so we, we have, have two different versions. versions here. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about yours first? Sure. So mine is a minstrel edition. Um, and so it's obviously was printed in the 80s. And that is very apparent <laughs> based off of the cover of this because we have Nancy in, uh, honestly, Nancy has a mullet on the cover of this. Yes. So Amazing. I like, there's just no other way to describe her haircut except for the fact that it's a mullet. Um, and she's wearing mom jeans and like a tucked in button up shirt, you know, with a turtleneck underneath it. <laughs> come on, come on. But it also has the ghost dogs in the background, but I, I, it feels like whoever drew these ghost dogs had never actually seen a picture of what a dog looked like and just drew it based off of someone's description of a dog <laughs> um, because it's very – they look more like goats, honestly, or maybe like um, – oh, gosh, I don't know. They're, they're certainly creepy, so it fits the bill that way, but they don't look very much like dogs to me, although maybe that was a choice. You know, based on what yeah. we will learn about the ghost dogs yeah. in a little bit. But yeah, what about yours? Mine looks like it was printed in 2001. It looks like it's an Aladdin edition. And this is, uh, if you've seen the other Aladdin editions, you know that there is across the top of it, there's like a silhouette of Nancy with the magnifying glass. And then below that, we have her wearing a ponytail, no mullet in this one. Um, <laughs> and it looks like there are images referring to some of the other short stories in this one as well. So we do have the ghost dogs behind cool. Nancy. And I think they do look pretty reminiscent of what is the cover oh, for the game. Totally. So pretty, I mean, pretty similar there. What year was the game published, by the way? Do we know? Oh, great question. I'm going to say like 2002 or three, probably. 2002. Okay, so in which case the game drawing is probably more reminiscent of this cover than the other way around. But um, we do have like a, a witch and then someone with like a, a test tube boiling over and some flowers and then some graves and a, a rickety old tree in the background. So Ghost Dogs of Moon Lake was actually released on November 1st, 2002. So this was released the day after Halloween. Interesting. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. What a quinky dink. Mm -hmm. I love that game so much. It's a great game. It is. Honestly. We'll have to dedicate a whole episode to it eventually. We can just talk about, you know, how it relates to the story today. Unless you want to get into the game itself. I mean, I probably want to get into it a little bit, but I feel like eh, I feel like there's not a whole lot to get into with the game. Yeah. I was surprised by how short it was when I played it through this time around. Mm -hmm. And maybe it was just that I knew exactly what I was doing this time and so I didn't I didn't spend hours aimlessly wandering the woods looking for bugs so much yeah I was gonna say that's probably most of the time eater when you play it for the first time is just navigating the woods <laughs> trying to get pictures of the birds and being so confused as to why they keep flying away and you're like I'm moving as slow as possible and then you're like hold on a second it cannot be that I am just moving slow every time that this bird like th that I'm moving too quickly obviously it's not trapped 
tracking the movement of my mouse. Right. And I was like, well, maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> that sophisticated in 2003. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, anyway. Summary? Sure. Yes. Okay. So we open Nancy, Bess, and George are in the car with their friend Sally McDonald Butler, who is taking them all to her family's ancestral family farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sally tells us that no one will stay after dusk on this property after her great grandparents had died. Once they died, it was like no one's going near it because supposedly it's haunted by ghost dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But Sally wants to actually live at this property. She wants to, like, I guess, buy it or or take ownership of it if it's her family's Mm -hmm. property or something um, and move in with her husband, Jeff, um, who's going to feature the story later. But so she wants to go to the property to try and figure out, is it really haunted? What's really going on there? Nancy, can you come help me solve this mystery of these ghost dogs so that I can move into the property and live there? Mm -hmm. Sally says she's only ever been to this property once before when she was young, but she did absolutely fall in love with the place, thought it was just a gorgeous place. So she wants to live there. Mm -hmm. Um, So they are pulling up the drive and as they are pulling in, suddenly there's a crash behind them and a tree has fallen behind them, missing them by inches. Mm -hmm. Of course, this happens in the computer game as well. Um, So they look at the tree and discover that, of course, it looks like it's actually been cut um, and that the wind has just pushed it over after it has been cut by someone, which I was kind of confused about. I was like, if a tree is cut, like, it's not going to stay up and wait for the wind to push it over. Right. Um, or maybe somebody was there and just cut it and pushed it over right after they left and ran off before they caught them. I don't know. But it was a, it was an interesting situation. But so the trees, uh, the trees block to the road now. And they can't reverse or go around the tree. I guess it's not navigable by car anymore. <laughs> and so they're basically stuck there. So they're like, well, I guess we're investigating the ghost dogs like we said. Um, so drive on. Yeah. <laughs> they pull up to an old stone farmhouse and see, obviously, there's the main house on the property. There is also like an igloo-shaped ice house that they describe as very spooky. Um, we see the lake just beyond the barn. And, well, there used to be a barn there, but we see that it is entirely burnt down. So it's just ruins and the lake is beyond that. Mm-hmm. And Sally is actually really sad about this because she's like, wow, it's so run down. I didn't expect it to be this bad. Um, so apparently it seems like it really has been some time since anyone has like kept up the property at all. And then, of course, even in this um, teeny tiny little short story mystery, we still have to mention Bess and food. Oh, yeah. um, so <laughs> they really do manage to hit every single uh, every single, you know, normal point that they have oh, to yeah. make in this one, too. So they get inside and they kind of pick up a little bit. They take the sheets off of the furniture, um, start a fire, and Bess cooks dinner for them um, because Bess is great with food. Yes. But, okay, apparently, I'm sorry, I have to talk about the fact that Bess makes, like, a legitimate, like, feast for them. Right. She <laughs> makes 
Um, hold on. I, I have to read you what this is because I was so shocked. I'm like, basically, you're going to a house where there's no electricity. I assume there's no running water. Or if there is running water, it's probably not safe to drink. Right. If, like, people haven't been to that property in a long time, like, you don't know, like, the state of the pipes or, yeah, exactly. it's a, yeah. a well, groundwater. Like, what, like, what's the drinking situation there? But Bess makes lamb chops with mint sauce, mashed potatoes, and string beans. That sounds awesome, Bess. It does. It's amazing. So Bess is apparently a wizard, but just like, dang, like, unless this is a like astronaut food where you just like pour in hot water, or, like camping food where you pour in hot water and like, you're good to go. But, like Bess has got some serious skill to go to this abandoned house and cook this meal. So we know anyway. it's not that because I mean, all our characters <laughs> bake from scratch and cook from scratch because right, there's such, such talented chefs. But Obviously. yeah, they even say that there's only a, a wood burning stove. There's right. no phone, everything. Yeah. It's like, so Bess has made this meal on a wood burning stove. Uh, that's, that's freaking hard because the, the temperature is uneven. Like mm -hmm. you have to like continuously make sure that the fire is being fed while you're cooking so that you're at the right heat. I bet you there's no refrigerator, like at best, maybe a cooler if they brought one with them, you know, <laughs> bananas. Anyway, we do get some excellent description of this house. We've got the creaky floorboards, cobwebs everywhere, loose rattling shutters on the windows. And there is also a large library on the first floor. Yeah. Um, and so after dinner, Sally tells us a little bit more about her great grandparents or father's grandparents. Mm -hmm. um, their names were Ezra and Pollyanna McDonald. And apparently they, you know, they yeah, farmed the land, but they also raised black labs. And they, so right when they were like, I guess, somewhat soon before they passed away. They said a year before they died. Yeah. Right. Uh, black lab had whelped four large male puppies who basically just became their quote unquote constant companions. Um, and they became really, really close with these puppies and so, so much so that the dogs like became very protective of them and never let anyone enter the farm, like without like the dog's approval, basically. And then after they died, the dogs were broken hearted um, and then died one by one. Yeah, they refused to eat and just starved to death. It's very dark. Very, very sad. I don't like that. Mm -mm. No, sad. I mean. We knew what we were going into with the true. story, but true. it's true. it's still, I don't like to think about dogs dying, especially brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, she also tells us that Tras Subak, which is a very interesting name. Yeah, I did not know how to pronounce this. <laughs> I, I guess it's Tras Subak. I don't know. It could be something else. I could be wrong. My best guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he looked after the place after her great grandparents died. And um, after the dogs started dying, he buried them behind the house. And because of like some logistic thing, they couldn't find the will. The will for her great grandparents wasn't read until four months after they they had died and all the dogs had died. Mm -hmm. um, and only then did we learn upon reading the will that the McDonald's actually uh, had wished for the dogs to be buried with them on the hill where they were buried. Mm -hmm. um, and so we believe that the ghost dogs are haunting the McDonald's farm because they were not buried according to the McDonald's wishes and are mm -hmm. uh, not at rest because they are not in their 
preferred resting place. The same guy, Trass, was the first person to actually see the ghost dogs. It was the night that he buried them at 9 p.m. He starts to hear whimpering. He sees yellow glowing eyes back in the trees. So as soon as he sees this, he gets really scared, runs inside, and hears them approach the house, screaming, whimpering, scratching at the doors, throwing themselves at the doors and windows. And then after a few hours of doing that, they go up to the hill and just howl there until dawn. Spooky. Oh, yeah. Spooky, spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was the excerpt that I read <laughs> to start yeah. with. Yeah. yeah. Um, and apparently the same thing happened to her grandfather when he came to visit. Um, Sally's grandfather, not her. Yeah, Sally's grandfather. And like he so he he verified, you know, Trass's story that this really did happen. Mm-hmm. The very next day after this happens for the first time, Trash moves to the other side of the lake and refuses to step foot on the property unless it's during the daytime after that. Then while they're talking, the wind just blows the door open. So Nancy <laughs> suggests that they play a word game to try to distract themselves because they notice that the clock is you know, getting closer and closer to nine o'clock when these dogs are supposed to appear. But it doesn't really work and the howling starts pretty much right right on schedule. Immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a terrifying attack. The dogs, yeah, run up to the house. They're, they see the yellow eyes in the darkness. They hear the howling. The dogs scratch at the doors and the windows and then eventually run off and continue howling out by their graves until it Nancy like immediately wants to go out and investigate she like takes off to the door and Sally is like what are you doing don't go out there and Nancy's like okay 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 you're right you're right as a compromise I won't go out to investigate until dawn (laughs) so she does she waits until morning and the very very First sight of dawn, she slips out the door while everyone is still asleep so that she can go investigate. Classic. It is pretty foggy that morning, so it is kind of hard for her to see around the property. So she starts walking around a little bit. She does notice some weird tracks. So the ground is disturbed. So there aren't actually dog tracks, but she does see that the ground has been like disturbed, like leaves have been kicked up. There's dirt and stuff that's been moved around but no actual dog tracks which is strange then she kind of follows that disturbed ground to the dog's graves and we investigate the dog's graves and we learn that their names are kosob shros dragons and niskane very very strange names for dogs the i thought at this point it was super obvious (laughs) What was up with the names? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll let that be a, a surprise for you listeners if if you don't know. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> Nancy doesn't have too much time to really think about these names because right at that moment, she has to duck behind a tree because she can see two men that are, you know, not too far away talking to each other, actually having a little bit of an argument, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he says, or the angry looking guy, she says, the one that she doesn't like, like the way he, he talks. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, you better buy plenty of them. And we don't need trouble with those girls. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nancy, Nancy remarks that she doesn't like the way the tall, powerful man said those girls. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. She also remarks that they seem to be related, that they look related, like <laughs> like they uh, like they are um, probably siblings. But Nancy steps on a twig, of course, it snaps, yeah. and she scares them off and they disappear. Darn. <laughs> Um, so Anissa continues to investigate. She starts looking around. She finds the ice house and she opens the door and looks down into the deep, dark depths of the ice house, which is it like a pit. That's what I was confused about. It is. So the top of it looks just like an igloo just on the ground. But then once you go in, there is a, a large pit that's like dug in the ground where the bottom of the pit is much wider than the opening at the top. And Back in the day when they didn't have electricity, that's where mm-hmm. they would store large blocks of ice to keep it cool underground until gotcha. it was needed like later in the year. I guess I just didn't understand the concept of an ice house. I understood that like oh, the concept of like an ice box, like oh, yeah. keeping like a box of ice in the basement and putting food in there. But so they would actually store food in like the ice house. I don't right? think it's food. I think it's just ice blocks that they would then go get an ice block and like put it in their ice box. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) Nancy is peering down into the depths of the ice house and suddenly is pushed from behind. The hand reaches out, smacks her on the back and she goes tumbling down into the deep, dark depths of this ice house. Mm -hmm. Very luckily, uh, the girls in the house wake up at this exact moment and are like, where's Nancy? (laughs) Um, obviously she has gone to investigate as Bess and George are very quick to pick up on. Let's go out and look for her. And they kind of call for her. And pretty immediately she says, guys, I'm, I'm down here. I'm in the ice house. (laughs) Um, and so they're able to go over to the ice house to help Nancy. They throw, throw her flashlight down into the pit so that she can, you know, look around. I think they also bring a rope with them so they can mm-hmm. pull her up. But before they pull her up, she flashes the light around the ice house, the pit, I guess, and notices that there's been holes drilled, like, in the bottom of the ice house and also along the walls. So, Well, I think they've been dug, not drilled. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like, read that wrong. Yeah. Oh, because. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we didn't even mention the statues. We didn't talk about the statues. I don't know if they mentioned the statues yet, even. they. So I think Sally does. Yeah, because so her grand, great-grandparents had made four of solid gold statues of these um, dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're missing. And they can't find them. They're mentioned in the will, but they are nowhere to be found. Seen them. Right. right. Um, so presumably, <laughs> whoever is digging these holes is looking for these uh, dog statues pretty obvious gotcha. pretty obvious so so yeah so they lower down a rope for her they're able to get her out pretty easily and they go back to the house to eat breakfast and get warm and nancy tells them about the uh, men that she saw talking and sally very quickly based on their descriptions identifies them as being Tras's sons uh red and jimmy um, who they currently keep an eye on the, the farm now for her family and the family totally trusts them and there, there shouldn't be an issue with that Trass has actually already passed away, right? you know, in present day. So it's the sons that, that took over for him. I guess the older son, Red, started working with Trass. And then after he died, the younger son, Jimmy, joined Red. Yeah. 
It's at this point, though, that Sally is super freaked out. Obviously, someone pushed Nancy down the ice out. She could have been really hurt. And so she's like, "Um, let's forget about this. Let's walk to, like, the general store down the road. We'll call my husband. We'll get um, Red and Jimmy to move the tree. And we'll get out of here because this is not worth it, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But Nancy is like, no. (laughs) Someone has uh, threatened me with bodily harm, attempted to harm me. I must stay here and figure this mystery out. But they come to a compromise and Nancy says like, okay, yes, we can call Jeff, but like if we can't solve the mystery before Jeff here, Jeff comes, I'll go, but let's give it a shot while we're here, while we can. Fair enough. Very reasonable, Nancy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, They talk about the dog names a little bit. They all agree that they're really weird dog names, but they don't quite get to... (laughs) Um, what that's about yet. Oh my gosh. Uh, Bess makes a, uh, or maybe, maybe it was George, uh, made some crack that like they sounded like quote unquote Indian deities. Oh yeah. Uh. That, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. No, they don't. <laughs> no, no, they don't. Um, but anyway, um, but so they go back to the gravestones to kind of investigate those a little bit more. Cause the names are weird. The grandparents, or the great-grandparents' gravestones, not the dog's gravestones. Oh, oh, okay, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Um, yeah, so they go to the grandparents' gravestones. This, these are actually at the top of the hill, mm-hmm. right, to investigate those. And they read the epitaph on that, and it says, Whosoever loves us shall hold us forever through the pages of time. Wait, I could have sworn this is on the dog's gravestones. I think it was the great-grandparents. Okay, I'm confused. I gotta look. Oh, no. So what it was is, okay, so they had, they are the dog's gravestones, but that's not where the dogs are buried. So what happened was, is because the dogs were buried in the wrong place, it was too late and the dogs were like already decomposing in the ground, but they Mm -hmm. did put, they made gravestones for the dogs and put those at the top of the hill. I'm with you. That's what it is. There we go. That's what it is. So they are the dog's gravestones, not where the dogs are buried. Gotcha. So, yes. But what a nice inscription. That's such a nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little strange. Yeah. Um, what are the pages of time? Interesting. Weird. But okay. Oh, we learned that George is an experienced camper. Heck yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, finally, some, <laughs> some characterization of George past being sporty. She also mm-hmm. camps a lot. Great, great information to know. Um, But so George, uh, because of her experience with camping, uh, notices that there's been a lot of holes dug around there. I don't really know why you would need to have experience camping to be able to identify, right, when a hole has been dug in the ground. Right. (laughs) But, okay. (laughs) So, yeah, so there's more holes around up here, around near the headstone. So, again... Strange. They've been refilled in, but you can see that the dirt right. has been disturbed. Yeah. Right. And Nancy, it's at this point, uh, has a hunch <laughs> that um, these gold statues uh, must be hidden somewhere likely inside the house and that the clue there are clues based on the gravestones. And so they go back to the house. They start talking about this. And Nancy starts to explain this theory to the girls. But then suddenly there's like a thump outside of the window so they rush outside to look but no one's there Hmm. very odd 
very odd. But the possibility stands with someone just listening to the explanation that Nancy was given about where the gold statues are. Hmm. Maybe also Nancy comes up with this, this weird um, theory. Maybe the ghosts are actually just trying to tell them instead of you know, being angry that they are not buried in the right place. Maybe they're just trying to tell them where the gold statues are hidden. They're not actually like haunting people to freak people out. They're haunting people to tell, try to tell them something, try to communicate something. <laughs> so not only are they real, they're also helpful. Right, right. <laughs> so we should also start a list. We have a list of Nancy's skills, but we should also start a list of like Nancy beliefs. And I'm going to have to put in there believes in ghosts because very clearly she thinks it's a full possibility that like these ghost dogs are real and trying to communicate something to them. <laughs> Too funny. <sighs> Nancy does come up with a plan at this point. They are going to try to see the ghost dogs in person or get up close to them. Um, but So they decide that they are going to sneak out before nine o'clock, hide in the bushes somewhere so that they can get a better view. Mm -hmm. Sally also says that her husband Jeff is supposed to arrive soon like any minute now but actually Red comes by and lets her know that he's had some car problems he's at the general store up the road and he'll be there soon after he gets it sorted out mm -hmm. Sally also asks Red about the digging all the holes that they found around there and he says that's crazy you must be imagining things ah <laughs> misogyny <laughs> But so, yeah, she and uh, both uh, George and Bess and Nancy are all, like, pissed off about it, which I thought was hilarious. They're all like, he called us crazy. Like, what the heck? We are not crazy. We've seen these holes. What an ass, basically. <laughs> um, I just thought that was hilarious. Sally does also ask Red to move the tree mm -hmm. for her. So he says, yeah, me and Jimmy will get right on that. Right. So, uh, but at this point, it's kind of getting dark. We're approaching the time when the ghost dogs might show up. So Nancy and George decide to go ahead and go to try to find some hiding spots in preparation for where they're going to hide later. Mm -hmm. And so they're like looking around, you know, trying to find good hiding spots and they come upon some good ones. But they notice that while they're doing that, both of the Subak brothers are just like standing there watching them do this. <laughs> Not suspicious at all. Mm -mm. Don't be suspicious. Don't be <laughs> suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Anyway, so they go inside. They have some dinner. Um, and while they're eating, they come up with a flashlight signal to help them while they're hiding. So two flashes means like the coast is clear and a steady a steady light means trouble or danger. Something's come wrong. out and help. Right. right. So both uh, Nancy and George hide. Um, and... Suddenly, they hear howls, and the dogs run up, um, and they run around, and they start going towards the house. They see the yellow eyes on these dogs. They materialize over these dogs' graves out of nowhere, and Nancy, who I guess is in a tree, we don't really know very much about her hiding spot, but she falls, or, or she falls, mm -hmm. um, classic. And obviously makes noise as she falls and the dogs immediately run at her um, in her hiding spot. And Nancy turns on her flashlight onto them and then suddenly hit on the head from behind. Classic. Yeah. So meanwhile, uh, Jeff shows up. 
Yay! <laughs> Finally, Jeff. <laughs> Bess and Sally are like freaked out at this point because they heard this commotion. They saw Nancy's flashlight turn on, but like n- now what? Like obviously they're in trouble. Should they go out and try to help them, try to find them? Um, the ghost dogs could still be out there. Um, so we're very relieved that Jeff has come to offer us some assistance so that we, uh, you know, so that Sally and Bess have a little bit of help. But also, I feel like Jeff is a little bit of a prick because he also yeah. tells them to calm down. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They were just, their friends were just attacked by ghost dogs and you're telling them to calm down? Right. Fuck off, dude. Like, ghost dogs. You would be freaked out if you were here too and experienced this. Yeah, I don't like Jeff. And he gets a little worse as we go in the story. But he does also apologize. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm so late. I should have been here hours ago. But actually, my car was sabotaged when I was parked in the parking lot at the general store. And it took me hours to to get it repaired and make my way over here. Yeah, it's strange because this is also a little bit of a different story than what Red and Jimmy had told us. Mm -hmm. They had told us that Basically, that he had only just broken down at the general store, but they actually had like hours to communicate this to the girls. And uh, Jimmy was buying batteries for them at the general store, apparently. But Sally's like, no, 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 we have plenty of batteries. We didn't need batteries. There's no reason for him to do that. So it's really clear at this point that for some reason, Red and Jimmy didn't want Jeff to make it to the farm. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I just... There's no other suspects right. <laughs> in this story. So I guess it just has to be, you know, and it's short. So that's probably why. But like, come on. Come on, ladies. It's not rocket science here. Um, anyway, so yeah. Nancy wakes up. She yeah. is bound and gagged. She's in total darkness, but she can, kind of feels around and can tell that she's in some kind of like wooden room, probably a closet. Mm-hmm. Um, and George is also with her, but George is still unconscious. And so Nancy um, is kind of listening out in the because she can hear both Red and Jimmy out in the room. And to this point, we learn that when Nancy turned on her flashlight, what she saw was not a ghost dog. But was obviously actually Red and Jimmy pretending to be these dogs, but they had put like glow in the dark yellow eyes on their hands, like yes. two sets of glow in the dark eyes on their hands, and were just like basically like jazz handing the their their hands around to go and pretend like they were attacking this house. Seriously? And then just throw a black sheet over themselves so that they couldn't be seen. <laughs> this is the most ridiculous haunting I have ever heard. Surely, regardless of how dark it is. Well, also, like, they're out in the country. So it's like stars and the moon. Like, it's not pitch black outside. Right. There is absolutely no flipping way that two men <laughs> were pretending to be dogs and attacking a house and you look out the window and you don't see two men covered in black sheets with like little yellow eyes on their hands doing jazz hands and howling are you kidding (laughs) i just i i find that highly unbelievable it's very very implausible but anyway i mean unless they were like running around on all fours in which case how does the eyes on the hands work like there could be there's there is no way that you would see these guys and believe that they were dogs. Anyway, 
Anyway, Nancy's listening at the door to their conversation, and we learn that Red is basically, Jimmy's like, what are we going to do with these girls? Like, we shouldn't have attacked them. What are we going to do now? And Red's like, I'll tell you what we're going to do now. We're going to burn the cabin down with them inside, and we won't have to worry about them anymore because they'll be dead. Uh, Jimmy's like, no way, this is a terrible plan or whatever, but he apparently goes along with it, um, pours lighter fluid or what we can assume is lighter fluid on, you know, all the furniture and everything. And Red lights a match, drops it, and they walk out of the house. Mm-hmm. So Nancy's full on panicking at this point because she's a burning house with an unconscious George. She's bound and gagged. And so she goes to like, you know, slip, try to get her hands out of these bindings um, and she finds that actually the bindings are really loose and so it's really easy for her to get her hands out get the <laughs> gag off and everything george's bindings are also loose so she's able to get george untied um she opens the door i guess but the cabin isn't like going up like the the match was lit in the fireplace and so like there's like wood and stuff in the fireplace that's going on but like all of the furniture and stuff is fine. And so she sees where it's wet and she sniffs it. She realizes it's not lighter fluid at all. It's actually water. <laughs> like, well, it's in a glass. Oh. Because he, what he did was he set a rag on fire and then oh. was going to put it in kerosene in the glass, but it was really just water in gotcha. the glass. Gotcha. So, yeah. So Nancy's like, oh, okay. So Jimmy didn't want to kill us. <laughs> Jimmy's cool. <laughs> Jimmy's cool. He tried to help us. He probably also didn't tie our hands too tightly so that we could get out. Um, it's actually Red who is the bad guy, the instigator here. And it's at this moment that Jeff walks in the door too <laughs> to, I guess, quote unquote, rescue them. But turns out mm. they don't need rescuing. So Nancy and Jeff are like standing on the porch of this cabin and they see Jimmy and Red like over on the porch of the other house, the main house. And Red has an axe in his hand and a book. Hmm, Hmm. Very odd. He has just like come out of the house. So Jeff has already called the police. And so Red... Uh, Jimmy tries to get Red to, like, stop for a second, but Red basically shoves his brother um, and takes off in his truck. But we already hear the police sirens out on the road, so we know that Red is not going to get very far. Mm-hmm. Nancy even says, he won't get very far. And Jimmy goes, I know, I never moved the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So funny. <laughs> so it's at this point the police come... They bring Red back with them. Right. Jimmy pretty much fesses up to everything right away. We learn that it's actually Red who came up with the idea of this haunting. Um, He told his dad to tell the story of this haunting. And he gave him the idea that the dogs were buried in the wrong place. We learned that the dogs weren't actually buried in the wrong place. That Trass actually knew the whole time what the McDonald's wanted for the dog's burial. And he buried them in the correct place on the hill. Um, They're just like uh, fake grave sites for these dogs off in the woods. Right. He just told everyone he buried them in the wrong place so that they'd have an excuse for this rumor. And then proceeded to go over all over town spreading this rumor that ghost dogs were haunting the Whispering Oaks property. Mm -hmm. And after Trust died, Red kept up this charade and even, you know, put like speakers in the woods to um, be able to play dogs howling, put scratches on the cabin to fake them having scratched at the farmhouse and everything. And so, yeah, (laughs) 
totally, totally faked haunting. Um, and so, yeah, both the police do take both Red and Jimmy away, although they say, well, hopefully, Jimmy, since you didn't seem to, you know, want to go along with this, hopefully the judge will go easy on you, basically. Right. right. But it's at this point, Nancy is like, well, hold on one second. <laughs> we can't leave yet because I know where the dog statues are. And Let's go get this gold. Right. So Nancy now reveals to us all that she figured out that the dog's names are actually anagrams. Um, so let's see. So Kosob is an anagram of books. Shros is an anagram of horses. Dragons is an anagram of gardens. And Niskain is an anagram of canines. And where have we seen those words before? They were all on shelves in the library. And so Nancy thinks, because she saw Red with an axe, that Red got this idea, too, that these statues are actually hidden in the library. And so they head to the library. They're able to, like, pry these bookshelves away from the wall. And they see that behind these bookshelves are the four gold statues of the dogs. Um, And yay, mystery solved. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Sally says she's very happy because now they can move in. Right? Yay. Yeah. And they, uh, Jeff even says, how can we ever repay you, Nancy? And Nancy goes, just invite me back. <laughs> okay. Cute. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So that's Ghost Dogs of Whispering Oaks. A nice a little one. story. Yeah. yeah. Not exactly super complicated. Not exactly mm-hmm. very confusing or mysterious. But spooky. Certainly spooky. Yeah. Very spooky, nice and succinct. Nice little neat little mystery, yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's a good quick one for your Halloween vibes. <laughs> yeah, and aside from honestly just misogyny, which we've already talked about, and right. Bess's food comments about food again, there's not a whole lot to it. Right. I mean the the implausibility of the ghosts themselves right. being men with sheets over their heads. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, we've already gotten into that. Have you seen, like, the um, TikTok um, trend or whatever of, like, people just putting, like, just the white sheets over them and putting sunglasses on and, like, haunting? That's what it reminded me of. I'm like, literally the ghosts are just guys with just sheets over their heads. Like, how Mm -hmm. is this a haunting? How is this a legitimate legitimate haunting? So funny. They must oh. have been really desperate for this gold to go through the pains of haunting this place every night for a year. Or not every night, but like keeping track of who's coming and going. And then when someone's there haunting mm-hmm. the place on schedule. Like that's a very strict schedule. <laughs> I also just don't understand how they had spent so many years at this property and never found them. Right. Like we're supposed to believe that like they never searched that farmhouse like up and down top to bottom. <laughs> they never stared at those dogs headstones and were like man those are weird names right kosab hmm books like they never thought (laughs) books like the most obvious the easiest anagram of books would have led you right to the library like i just don't understand but anyway yeah yeah. (laughs) other than that it was great (laughs) it's a good one it's very cute yeah Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about the game? Sure. The game's obviously quite different, but it's based off mm. of two books, an amalgamation, an amalgamation, well, of these two books. So mm. that makes sense. 
but yeah, I think uh, it doesn't seem like in either of these uh, renditions, there's mention of like gangsters and speakeasies. <laughs> that might just be her interactive's right. lovely little insertion there. Yep. Honestly, a great one. It's such oh, a I great love this game. Yeah, such a great plot for that game. It's really amazing. Um, it's a classic, definitely. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I was surprised at how short and quick it was this time around that I played it. Yeah. Um, but I do, I remember a lot of like wandering around in the woods that I just didn't, I didn't do this time. So yeah. maybe that's it. For such a short, short story, they, I mean, they took a lot of what is in this story. Obviously the dogs are real in the game. They're not guys with sheets over their heads, but I mean, the the foundation of it is there, which is that game is Sally McDonald has purchased this house on Moon Lake and there are ghost dogs haunting the property. Someone is trying to scare her away so that they can also look for gold, which we learned was put there by gangsters, not by dog lovers who made <laughs> gold into statues. But. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. The gold in the game is much more well explained than the gold in the book. It's just kind yes. of random. They also got rid of Jeff. Thank God. No Jeff in this. <laughs> don't like Jeff? No. Uh, no Jeff in the, the computer game. So Sally owns her own home. She ain't married as far as we know. She's a photographer. She supports yep. herself. Thank you. Yes, Sally. Thanks. <laughs> we don't say how we know Sally. I assume they just know her from River Heights. But Yeah. Oh, wait. Yes. No. So she's from River Heights. Okay. Um, okay. Yes. I remember because I was going to make a note of it when at the beginning we talk about how she asks Sally, like, would anyone in River Heights have, like, wanted to prevent you from purchasing this property? And oh, so, okay. Like, asking about suspects. And Sally's like, no. So... Yeah, she's from River Heights and is moving gotcha. to Moon Lake or moved to Moon Lake. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Moon Lake, if you don't know, is the lake in Secret of the Old Clock, the very first Nancy Drew book. So I wonder if they chose that. Instead of Whispering Oats, they chose that as a little little nod to Nancy's history, which is kind of fun. That is fun. I didn't even realize that. The only lake mm-hmm. that I remembered is Sylvan Lake because we read, we read that one. Oh, yeah. Sylvan Larkspur Lake. Lake. Yeah. yeah. A lot of lakes. It, yeah. We do have a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Red Knot. Um, I wonder if they just chose that name based on the bad guy in this story to throw suspicion oh. around a little bit. So like if you had read the short story already, maybe that would make you suspect him a little bit more. Oh my gosh, I didn't even I didn't even clock that similarity. Yeah, they yeah. have the same first name. Uh oh, in the game, Nancy remarks on what a weird name it is. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. So it's got to be a callback to this short story and probably right. also a little bit of a callback to like, like Red Subak. Like that is a strange name. Red Knot, mm-hmm. also a strange name. So yeah. funny. Love it. Love it. Love and it. Jeff obviously is the husband in the story, but he's the park ranger in the book. <gasps> they don't, he doesn't know Sally, I don't think, but oh I, I don't know if they chose that intentionally to be a nod to the, the book, but sure. I mean, I keep calling it a book. I guess it is a book, but it's a short story within a book. Right, right, so. right. Surely, surely, surely. Yeah. And then, and then um, Emily's just invented. There's yeah. no Emily in this short story, right. but maybe there's one. But, I mean, they do mention the general store, and Emily runs the general store. That's true. That's true. So. Don't have to drive across the lake by boat to get there, but. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still a general store. Very clever. Very clever. Yeah, I honestly, I hadn't picked up on any of those name similarities when I was playing it. Interesting. 
at least we don't have to, um, you know, collect bugs and have that as a whole scene in the story. Yeah. No bird watching, nothing like that. No, no time gosh. wasters. So boring. I will say there are not a whole lot of puzzles in Ghost Dogs of Moon Lake. There's like, no. there's the one with the map where you have to mark off where the, sorry, spoiler, where you have to <laughs> mark off where the dogs hung out. Mm-hmm. to get into like the tunnel or whatever and then you have to do the speakeasy spigot one mm-hmm. there's the roman numerals where you have to mm-hmm. rearrange the files for ranger acres that's like not even really a puzzle <laughs> it's just like do you know no, roman numerals just, or not right. <laughs> are you gonna learn them for this game uh-huh. there is getting into the safe which is i mean kind of a puzzle because you have to take extra steps to like figure out what date he might have used for oh, it right 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, but like other than that, not really. I feel like that was kind of typical of the time, though. They mm. didn't start adding in more and more puzzles until yeah, probably like Danger on Deception Island, Shadow Ranch time period. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, I would definitely say Ghost Dogs. Maybe not my top five because there are definitely better games, but it's definitely in my top ten. It's one oh, yeah. that I replay very often and have to revisit it because again, the vibes are just yes, that's exactly oh, it. It's just good vibes. Just good Mm -hmm. vibes. It's like Mm -hmm. being out in the woods. Great vibe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was so scared the first time I played that game because I was so young the first time playing. And it was just really, really spooky. Having to walk through the woods at night to the graveyard. To the graveyard, And you're like, I know that the ghost dogs come at night. I know that they come from the grave. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to get stuck in this graveyard looking for a freaking bug. (laughs) Why? Why can I not find more bugs in the daytime? I don't understand. Right. You should be able to find a dozen bugs. Right. Yes. <laughs> I'm at the point now where I know that whole whole forest, like the back of my hand. I can navigate oh, yeah. it. No problem. I don't even, don't have even to need use the map. The map. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Left at the stump. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. at the graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the game only does the dog attacks once. It's only yeah. the first night that you're there and you can set it today or night as many times as you want and they don't come back, which was a big concern for me the first time I played it as a child because I was really, really concerned that these ghost dogs were going to attack anytime I went outside. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a bummer. You kind of wish that like uh, randomly, maybe like a couple times whenever you go to sleep, you hear them howling or something or mm-hmm. scratching at the doors. Yeah. But yeah, I bet, I mean, the animation for that, that scene, for that uh, attack scene is, it was pretty intense. Like the door and them at the window. Oh, that's what I I took a screenshot of the dog (laughs) at the window. I took screenshots when I was playing this time because I was thinking maybe we could post some of them or something. That's Um, a good idea. I like that. And just the one of the dog at the window with the yellow eyes. I, uh, yeah, it was an intense, an intense scene. So. Yeah, and the chandeliers like shaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite location in the game? Oh. Speaking of vibes. I mean, you can't beat the speakeasy. I know. That's my you favorite. You really can't. Well. Like as I much as house, I love but... Yeah, as much as I love wandering around the woods, mm-hmm. like speakeasy, man. It's just so dope. The nineteen twenties, I'm like into art deco. And, oh, like, yeah. the whole thing with, like, all the velvet and the um, game tables and the, like, gold bar. Amazing. gilded. Yeah, it's yes. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. You can just imagine, like, there's a band playing over there and people dancing. And the bullet holes and... in the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Amazing. Someone's getting shot at. Bar fights happening. And yes. Yeah. Hidden tunnels. So the, there's places to hide when the police raid the place. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. Very good. Nothing like Very. a 1920s bar vibe. If you haven't played the game, maybe we should explain. The, the main <laughs> difference here is True. that, there, yeah, there used to be this gangster in the 20s that owned the house and he built a large speakeasy under his house so that, you know, they could have big parties and everything there. And there's rumors that he had a stash of gold um, hidden somewhere on the property of this house. So someone is trying to scare Sally and then later Nancy away so that they can right Search make way to look for the gold. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> So there's a gorgeous speakeasy under this nice house that you don't find until like the last third of the game. Yeah. It's also during Prohibition. So that's also why the oh, yeah. speakeasy is there. Yeah. So right. Yeah. They're trying to make it sneaky on purpose. <laughs> yeah. A sneakeasy. A sneakeasy. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Who is your favorite character in the game? I don't really like any of them in particular. None of them are really great. I guess Red is a, kind of a hoot. He's kind of funny to talk to. He makes yeah. more jokes than anybody, but he's also kind of an asshole. So it's like, he does, yeah. It's but sexist, I feel. Jeff is annoying. Yeah. Emily, you're supposed to like, but you don't. Yeah. <laughs> She's got that, you know, backwoods charming. Hey, pal, you're my new friend. I just met you. <gasps> that was a great uh, imitation. That was, was it? Yes. You should you should sign us out as Emily. <laughs> Bring me a thousand little critters. Oh, it just got worse. <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah, we're so good that first time. <sighs> hey. No. <laughs> no, but I really appreciate this attempt of you continuing to try. It's really funny. Oh, I'm not a voice actor, if you can't tell. You did so good, though. When the pressure wasn't on, you had it. I'm trying to think of, like, something else to say. Well, hey there. What, what's one of her, what's one of her, like, when you say goodbye to her, what's one of her things? Oh. Take it easy. <laughs> that didn't sound like her at all. No. Um, All I remember is what she says to her is just, well, hey there. Hey um, there. Well, ain't you just up a crick without a paddle or something like that? You scratch my back, I scratch yours, right, Nancy? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. What does she say? The end with the bone. Why does oh. she bring a bone I don't her? know. I mean, I <laughs> assume it's because it's one of the bones that she gives to the dogs, and so she has it. But, like, using that as a weapon? Like, are you serious? Just a little too on theme, like impractically so. Yeah, but it's funny. That one, that one, that ending freaked me out. It was oh, a scary yeah. ending because you're in such close quarters, I think. Like being trapped mm -hmm. in the thing that fills up with water. I was like, mm -hmm. we are going to drown down here. She's going to drop mm -hmm. us. She's going to drown us. Or she's going to beat us over there with this bone. That's what she should have done. Instead of trying to come down and fight us, she should have just drowned us and then waited and then just drained the water and come back and got the gold. Mm -hmm. Way easier. Come on. Well, I think she couldn't because you have to take the... the oh, the um, wheel. The wheel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. Mm -hmm. Okay. So not as dumb a culprit as I thought. But. I remember like from the first time I played it, like the panic 
of trying to figure out how to win that ending because I was very confused about it. First of all, it took me forever to figure out how you're supposed to get the heck out of that little safe. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Mm -hmm. finally, okay, okay, okay. It's the, you know, the grate and the floor or whatever. And then you go in. But when you go into the grate underneath the floor, it's very confusing as to where you are. And so like you, I kept getting turned around and like going up the wrong side and going back in the thing and then, you know, second chance again. And I'm like, "Ah!" and then having to like figure out that you're not just supposed to go out the other side and then shut the door on her. You actually have to go all the way up and shut that door. Right. Right. So I'm just like, it was stressful. It took me a long time too. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, we didn't give a score for our short story. Yeah. Yeah. How many, many flashlights? Because it's our mini so many mini keychain flashlights. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I think I would give it four mini keychain flashlights. Yeah. Four out of five mini keychain flashlights. Because it was fun. It was a fun little spooky story. It wasn't exactly entirely believable, but I understand that like yeah. that's not the point. The point is right. for it to be spooky. And so I can appreciate it for that. But yeah, and also the the real the real thing that brings it down a full point is the fact that there are no other suspects right. except these two guys. And it's like, obviously, it's these two guys. It's always it's always the groundskeeper, first of all. Second of all, it's all these the only people like we couldn't have met one more person to be a suspect. Right. We couldn't have met. Yeah. Emily, who runs the general store or literally <laughs> anybody else. So. So far, oh well, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I mean, at least they with the suspects, they try to make one be the real suspect, and mm-hmm. so you you figure that out a little bit, but yeah, it's yeah. otherwise it's good, so yeah, it's a good spooky little short story, yeah. So, yeah, happy Halloween, regular Drew. Happy Halloween, go do something spooky today, yes. We hope that you um dress up as Nancy Drew or a Nancy Drew character and uh send those mm-hmm. pictures to us because we would <gasps> love to see it. Yes, please send us your costume pictures. <laughs> um, and or any other Nancy Drew spooky Halloween ephemera you may have. Uh, mm-hmm. Would love to see it. And so we hope you enjoyed this little mini-sode of uh, regular Nancy Drew. And see you next time. Yeah, see you next time. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you liked this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at RegularNancyDrew and Twitter at RegularND. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $1 level receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there, thanks for listening.